0: So this is uh, from a recorded talk uh, that uh, Longpo gave to a group of lay people uh, who were travelling around uh, the country uh, to different monasteries, paying respects to various senior teachers and making offerings to their monasteries. And so we have the all of you have the faith um, to travel around like this and to invite each other to travel in order to seek out wealth, this noble wealth, and internal wealth. And all of us are well aware that, having been born, we have old age, sickness and death coming closer to us with every passing moment. And so what we should do What we should build and what we should seek out is goodness, or this noble wealth, this internal wealth, that which is far from danger, far from enemies. And this is something that uh, we store within our hearts, and so it can't be destroyed by external things. It can't be harmed by various disasters or dangers in this world not by floods or by fire or by earthquakes. And so we have the opportunity now in this life to have been born into this present life as a human. And this isn't easy. We've been born as a human. We've met with the Buddha's teachings. So initially this is just a physical birth that we gain this physical incarnation. But... Our mind isn't yet on the level of a human. And it's only when we create goodness and we have moral integrity that our hearts become human as well. And for most people, even though they have human bodies, um, their minds aren't human. They don't have this moral integrity to them. But when we create goodness to a higher level than this, then the mind becomes a deva, it becomes a celestial being. And uh, so the number of people who are devas internally are very few. The number of people who are humans internally are very few. And those who abide on a level or a plane lower than this, uh, there are many of them. And even though they have human bodies, Uh, The mind can often be in a different state. So what we have to do is take not only a physical birth, but a mental birth as well, to get born internally. And uh, so what this means on a deeper level is the birth of the heart. And so when we get born internally as a human, what we do is we see the danger in not keeping precepts and the benefits of this sila, of keeping these five precepts. We have this intention to to keep them, to look after them, to not destroy the lives of any beings, to not steal anyone else's property, to not engage in sexual misconduct, to not tell any lies and to not take any intoxicants. When we keep these, then we gain this very complete internal wealth and we become a full human in the hearts. And we praise the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and take the triple gem as our refuge. It's our first object of recollection, second and third objects of recollection. So by doing this, our hearts become very at ease, and we look after this sila, and the sila, in turn, looks after and protects our own minds. And so this is what it's like being born internally as a human And so we do this uh, through this path. We gain this inner birth through the path of sila, samadhi, and banya, Of virtue, of collectedness of mind and of meditation. And so we sit in meditation, bring our minds to stillness. So there's stillness in the body, in our speech, and in our hearts. And we bring up this peace. So initially this is gaya viveka, the external seclusion that we've left our homes and we've gone to find and seek out goodness, to seek out the Dhamma, in order to make our hearts happy, to gain this genuine happiness. So we've had this opportunity to meet with the teachings of the Buddha. And if we don't hurry to put those teachings into practice, to use them, then our lives are steadily closing on death. And we just don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when our lives will end. We don't know how they will end. We don't know where we've come from. We don't know where we're going to go. And so this world is dark and those who see clearly are very few. And so we come to seek out the Dhamma and we shouldn't be heedless. And we must establish ourselves well in heedfulness. So we see that Just before the Buddha passed into Parinibbāna, he gave this final teaching, exhorting the monks to be heedful, to have mindfulness, to have this quality of recollection in their lives. And so we must always be aware of what we're doing and have this recollection here constantly, to always be reminding ourselves to be aware, to be seeking out goodness. And when we have sought out this goodness already, when we've found it, then where does it go? Well, it stays right here in the hearts. So when we're generous, when we chant, when we sit in meditation, the goodness that we create through that, it gets stored in our hearts. It doesn't go anywhere else. So for the laity, you will have this faith. But initially, having this faith and trying to take the precepts, keep these five precepts, it's normal that when we start off, sometimes we'll be able to keep them completely, and sometimes we'll slip up. Perhaps we're used to drinking alcohol and find it difficult to give that up. But as we carry on with that, then this becomes well-established in our hearts, and we gain this goodness, this merit, and this gives us happiness. And so we find this happiness through skillful qualities through skillful deeds, perhaps we'd feel ill at ease, and then we know that when we go to a monastery then we'll be happy, so we want to go to the monastery, because we see that these lives of ours, they're not sure, and we don't know on which day we will die, but we do know that they will have to end at some point. But we should make sure that they end through goodness the former leader of this group, he passed away not too long ago, but he lived a life that was very good. He was always building up much goodness, much merit, and had this fullness of heart constantly. And so during the funeral, um, when they were doing the chanting, then people had a vision of this man, and he had a, a crystal body. It was very radiant. And this happened when the monks were giving the precepts and the monk was giving a dhamma talk, and many family members uh, saw this man, this bright crystal body. So we see that even though he passed away, he passed away in goodness, through all of the generosity, all of the sacrifice, all of the virtue that he had created. So we make ourselves intent to to bring up this goodness, to be chanting, to be meditating, to carry on building up goodness in this way. It's like all of you traveling around to many different monasteries. And you've already gone to visit a few monasteries already, and then tomorrow you'll be going off to more. And this is to build up this goodness, to find this inner wealth, to seek out the Dhamma, to seek out the teachings of the Buddha. And so we take these bodies uh, that we've gained and we use them to keep the precepts, to build up goodness. And when we build up this goodness, um, then it becomes a noble wealth for us. And so these minds are what lead our body and our speech, that the mind is the most important thing, it's the leader. And whether we do goodness or whether we don't do good things, this depends upon our minds. We see that we have great hatred and delusion within the mind as well. And if we don't walk along this noble path, then we'll constantly be meeting with stress and suffering. And there's great danger to the mind in this state when it's in a very gloomy, dark state, especially at the point of death, because the mind doesn't die and it has to get born again in the cycle of sangsara. So if there's a lot of unwholesome qualities in the mind, then it will get born and likely in a place that will have a lot of suffering, one of these realms of deprivation, either the animal realm or the hungry ghosts, the Asura guys or the hell realm. But if we have merit in our hearts, then perhaps we'll get born as a human again. Or if there's more goodness than this, then go up to heaven, go up and become a deva or a brahma, and it's possible for this to happen. So no matter what the case, we should be always developing our barami, our spiritual virtues. Be generous, be keeping the precepts, be listening to the Dhamma all the time. And so this is the second monastery you visited today. Tomorrow you'll be off to Jantaburi province. And uh, when you, you're you traveling through merit, through seeking out this merit um, in your hearts, through seeking out the opportunity to be generous, to keep the precepts, to be meditating, walking along this noble path of um, sila, samadhi and panya, And when we walk this path, then where do we go? Where do we end up? Well, the mind walks it, and it ends up in nobility. That's where this path takes us, is to inner nobility, to peace of mind. And so we see the benefits of listening to the Dhamma, of being generous. We see these benefits come up for ourselves. When we listen to these teachings, then we contemplate them and our mind can gain brightness and clarity that we can relieve the doubts that we once had in the teachings of the Buddha. But in the beginning, we have this quality of faith. And having faith, we also see and we know for ourselves that generosity really does give us benefit. It gives us this inner happiness, this fullness of heart. And then we come to take the precepts, to abandon unskillful acts, and to meditate. See that samadhi brings great benefits to us as well, that we gain a profound inner joy and happiness. Every step that we take along this path, we're getting closer to nirvana. Every time we abandon unskillful deeds, bringing up skillful deeds, then we're moving closer to nirvana. In this Nibbāna, it's the highest happiness. And it's something that we experience right here within our own hearts. When greed, hatred and delusion lessen, then the mind becomes cooler and cooler. And to whatever degree greed, hatred and delusion are weak or absent from the heart, then the mind is cooler to that degree. And at the point when the mind is completely relieved of greed, hatred and delusion, then there's complete inner coolness. So we just carry on building up goodness, walking along this noble path that leads us to coolness, to nibbāna. And when we are traveling externally, then we also should be practicing as well. So we go to different monasteries, and that's an external monastery, an external what, the, the word for monastery in Thai is what, uh, but we also need an internal what. So there's one meaning is internal monastery, and the other is an internal means of measuring something. And so when we go to this inner what, then we need to measure. Well, this is a means for us to measure how much greed, hatred, and delusion is there, how much we're able to put things down, how often greed comes up, is it better than it was last year? Are we able to keep our precepts better than we were before? And what about our mindfulness, our recollection? Is this more constant than it was before? Do we listen to more dharma talks than we did before? And do we have this mindfulness with us when we're speaking, when we're listening? Are we aware of what we're doing? And so no matter what we're doing, we should be practicing as well. When we're standing, sitting, walking, lying down, when we're listening, when we're speaking, when we're thinking, we should be mindful of all of those activities. Having our mindfulness based in these four foundations of mindfulness, of the body, of feelings, of the mind and of Dhamma. And so in some places they teach to just watch the mind. And by watching the mind we'll reach a state of purity. And some people ask, well, is that Right? Is that practice actually correct, these teachings, right? Well, This is teaching citta, nupasana, satipatthana, the foundation of mindfulness, of being aware of the mind. And this really can free us from suffering entirely, if we're able to do it, if we're able to look at our minds. Because all of the defilements, they arise right here in the mind. So if we have mindfulness there, then we'll know what's going on. We'll know whether the mind is thinking of something skillful or unskillful. And we'll be able to abandon these things. we able to let go of them, seeing the mind as being just the mind. And we can see the Dhamma right here. But this depends upon our mindfulness. If our mindfulness is good enough, then we can do that. If it's not strong enough, then the mind will just be following all of these impressions, all of these thoughts. And it will lead it to quite a frantic state. So in that case, what we need to do is to come back to the body and to look at the breath and focus on the breath as it comes in and goes out. So we've all been sitting for five minutes now and sitting in meditation, looking at our breath. We've been chanting before this as well and now coming to meditate. And really, we have a lot of time to meditate. That when you sit in the car traveling between the monasteries, then you can be chanting as well. You can be meditating as well. You can be mindful of the breath until the mind reaches peace. So when you look at the breath on the in breath, you can recite Buddha on the out breath. Do to keep these meditation words going. And really, we can use any meditation word. That's fine. Buddha is okay. Dhammo Sango is all right. We have the recollection there of the virtues of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And We see, or we can recollect death as well, reciting Maranang, Maranang internally, that life is not sure, but death is sure, that these lives of us must end in death. And we recollect in this way, then it can bring the mind to peacefulness and coolness. We bring up Buddha Nusati, the recollection of the good qualities of the Buddha, And joy can arise within the heart. And so we should recollect these frequently. And whatever meditation object that we use that easily brings up internal peace, then we should do that a lot. And so, like recollecting the qualities of the Buddha, if this works, then we should do this constantly, to always be reciting this so that the mind reaches stillness, it can come into a state of samadhi. So we have this mindfulness there, we know what's going on, and when the mind starts thinking, when it comes out of the state of samadhi, then we contemplate and see how the nature of conditioned phenomena is that they must start to deteriorate, they must pass away, and this is something completely normal, that no one having been born is able to escape from this. We understand this and we see into the Dhamma. And we gain a true understanding of this, this real deep understanding within our own hearts, that all physicality, these bodies of ours, all our feelings, all of our memories, all of our thoughts, all of the sense consciousness, this all has the nature to arise and cease. And this is what the Buddha taught on his very first teaching on the Dhamma. And so this is something that we chant. It's also something that we should contemplate as well. And that everything which is of the nature to arise is also of the nature to cease. And this is what the Buddha taught the five ascetics. And uh, through this teaching, Venerable Anya Kondanya was able to gain the eye of Dhamma, that his vision was free from dust, so he taught that everything which is of the nature to arise is of the nature to cease, and this includes all material things, or mental phenomena as well, that we're not able to find any being, any self, any other within these things. And so he was able to see the truth of this within his art, the truth of these teachings of the Buddha. And he could listen to this Dhamma just one time and see the Dhamma right there. And that was because his bharami was already full. He created a lot of merit already, a lot of goodness. He had sacrificed a lot, kept the precepts for a very long time, had meditated a lot already. And so he was able to see that within this last life of his, able to listen to the Dhamma just one time and see into the Dhamma. So the next teaching that the Buddha gave all of the five ascetics they attained to the state of arahanship, and that was through the virtues that they had already created. And so for us, we are cultivating these barami as well. We've been traveling around, or this group has been traveling around for many years now, over 30 years, going to different monasteries, I'm um, helping to support those places, uh, paying respects to great teachers. In the past, I we went to pay respects to Lumpu Kao and Lumpu Fan, Lumpur Kamdi, and Lumpu Cha as well. And um, when I was a lay person, I often went in a similar manner to pay respects to teachers in this way. I had a small group that I would travel around with. And uh, also when I was with Lampucca, when this group came to pay respects to Limpucha he received them very well. And the monks were also very happy when this group came around, because they knew that they would have the opportunity to listen to a dharma talk by Limpucha as well. Because for the laity it's possible for them to attain to the dharma through listening to a talk, and it's the same for monks as well. So just like how the Buddha taught the Brahmin, Diganaka who went up to Vulture's Peak, and uh, Venerable Sariputta was sitting next to the Buddha at the time, and so this Brahmin attained to Sotapanna, but Venerable Sariputta attains to Arahanship through the same talk. So when this group, uh, this Mingburi group, uh, went to pay respects to Limpucha. He was really keen on teaching them. And uh, so when you go around creating merit like this, you don't just go by yourselves, but you invite many others as well. And this is increasing the amount of goodness that you create. And you do this very frequently, going to many different places, getting this happiness, this brightness of heart. And that's what happens when we create a lot of merit. That's what happens to the mind. And so is it possible to recollect this as well? Is that right? Well, the recollection of the good things that we've done, this is also a meditation object. This is jhaka nusati. the kamatana of recollecting the things that we've given, the things that we've sacrificed. So we should do this a lot. Think about all the things that we've done, the ways that all of you have supported the Sasanā have helped various monasteries, helped them in building projects and to renovate the monasteries. And uh, this is very important because these monasteries depend upon faithful lay people, people who have hearts which are willing to sacrifice and who have faith in their hearts, that they give all these things through their faith. This is something that's really important because this faith is an internal power, that we gain this energy of mind to do goodness. We have effort in our practice through our faith. And so with these different qualities, they help each other out in this way. And so we build up goodness. And you are doing this, and I did this in a similar way before I ordained as well. We also have the opportunity to listen to the teachings of these great teachers. And then we contemplate just like how we hear that our lives, once we're born, they must go through sickness, through old age, through death. And so we can ask ourselves, well, what is it that we're able to take with us? That when we're born into this life, we gain many things, but what can we take when we die, other than the goodness that we create? But also we take the unskillful deeds as well, these harmful deeds, and we take both of these along with us after we die. And so some people are fortunate to live to an old age, and other people's not so much. But we do have to pass away at some point. And so, therefore, we should use the time that we have to be creating goodness, to put in our effort in this life, to be generous, to be keeping these precepts, to keep all of the five precepts. And uh, when we do this, then we get born as a complete human, a full human. And then we listen to the Dhamma, we chant, we sit in meditation, we raise up the level of our heart so it becomes higher and higher. And we see that the mind, it doesn't die. The goodness that we create, that doesn't die either, but that gets kept with us in our hearts. If the mind is devoid of goodness, then when we pass away, we'll go to a place of suffering. But if it has a lot of goodness in it, if we've created a lot of merit, then we'll go to a happy place, to a higher realm. But we don't have to look till after physical death to see this. We can see this right here in the present moment, that we gain happiness right here. That when we're virtuous, when we keep the precepts, then this is heaven appearing for us right here. We don't have to die, it happens in this present life first. And also when we suffer, this is hell appearing for us right now so you have the leader of your group who has the kindness to take all of you around to create goodness in this way. And after having made merit, you should try to practice and really try to put in this effort um, in this life. And so I ask for all of you that through the power of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha, And whatever you wish for in terms of human wealth, in terms of heavenly wealth, in terms of the wealth of Nibbāna, may you receive that wealth.